Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed KQBD in San Francisco. I'm Mina Kim. Coming up on Forum, we'll get an update on California's historic reparations task force meetings last week. California is the first state to look formally at reparations for the impact of slavery on Black Americans, and public meetings are underway. First, though, we'll pay tribute to the senior fashionistas in our lives, with fashion's favorite season now in full swing. Does your grandma's or grandpa's style inspire you? Or perhaps you're a stylish senior yourself. Tell us what drives your clothing choices after this news. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Some Gen Z and millennials are drawing inspiration for their outfits from their grandparents, whose bold mix of colors and patterns, puffy jackets, statement accessories, and devil-may-care attitudes have even begun getting nods from the fashion world. We begin the hour looking at what we can learn from our senior fashionistas. And joining me is Valerie Liu, co-author of Chinatown Pretty, Fashion and Wisdom from Chinatown's Most Stylish Seniors, a book that documents the street style of senior citizens across six North American Chinatowns in San Francisco, Oakland, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, and Vancouver. Valerie Liu, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Also with me is Ari Seth Cohen, author and photographer of Advanced Style, a blog, a book, a documentary. Ari Seth Cohen, so glad to have you on as well. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. And you realized, of course, that a lot could be learned from senior fashionistas more than a decade ago with the blog Advanced Style, which you started in 2008. So, so tell me what inspired it. My grandmother was the inspiration behind the project, and I used to spend hours with her going through her closets and playing dress up, and she always encouraged me to feel expressive and to feel very comfortable in wearing my grandfather's clothes and putting on her jewelry. <laughs> and um, when she passed away, I wanted to start a project that both honored her and uh, as a way to heal from the loss of my grandmother. So I moved to New York City and started to see all these incredible ladies and gentlemen of a certain age on the streets and um, started to document them on the blog because I felt like the fashion industry and advertising in general wasn't paying attention to them. Hmm. And why do you think that is? There's such a fear of aging and like in terms of like the beauty industry and all these industries, they make so much money off of anti-aging. And, uh, you know, so 
I think that I just wanted to turn that on its head and show that you can be 95 and still go out in the world and be expressive and be vital and vibrant. But I think a lot of it is because of fear. And I was seeing my own friends when they were starting to turn 30, already afraid of their first gray hair or the first line on their face. Yet I was seeing women in their 90s and even women in, who are turning 100 who are out there feeling their best and you know expressing yeah. themselves with confidence. I got to ask you, is there a piece of clothing that when you see it, you see your grandma or really immediately makes you think of your grandmother? Statement jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Valerie Lou, one of the things that I really loved about one of the ways that you described the Chinatown seniors that you photographed is that you described them as the ultimate urban streetwear. So what do you mean by what they wear as the ultimate urban streetwear? If you live in a Chinatown, you see the Chinatown seniors out and about grocery shopping, exercising in parks, uh, getting them some, and they are prepared for all weather. You know, they are layered in puppy jackets to stay warm and wide brim hats to keep the sun out. And of course, um, kind of rolling backpacks to get the day's groceries. So they are ready for anything. <laughs> and you have also said that the DIY ethos is thickly woven into Chinatown seniors. What is the DIY ethos and how do you see it integrated into their style? I think it's about making the best of what you have and being industrious. So a lot of people, uh, have worked in sewing factories. So they're wearing clothes that they made from leftover scraps or um, instead of buying a new backpack when one has broken down, they'll kind of string it together with some lanyards and some carabiners. You you have, when you were doing this project, realized, and in, in some ways you just touched on this now, that talking about their clothing was a gateway to learning more about their life histories. What were some stories or experiences that emerged as you were as you were engaging with Chinatown seniors about their clothes? Uh, there was one woman who was very flexible. Uh, she loved to demonstrate her high kicks to us, <laughs> um, but she wore these like really kind of well-loved Chanel sneakers that she got from South America. And she's had them for decades. And like, you know, a lot of people keep the clothes they've had for 30 plus years. And so their immigration journeys and, and their cultural values are interwoven into the clothes they wear. We're talking with Valerie Liu, co-author of Chinatown Pretty and Ari Seth Cohen of Advanced Style, a blog book and documentary about seniors and senior fashion. And I want to invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation. Would love to hear if you are a senior and you like to play and experiment with fashion, if there's an outfit or piece of clothing that means something special to you, or if there's a senior's style that you admire, an older person style that you admire and want to shout out. Do your parents or grandparents have an eclectic sense of style? You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. You can email us, forum at kqed.org. And this listener writes, my grandmother has always been very stylish and enjoys stepping out in a nice outfit. Even her everyday sweatsuits are cute and coordinated. And I always think about the pair of leather pants she was wearing well into her 80s. She's 98 now. And while the leather pants aren't really in rotation anymore, she's still as stylish as ever. Well, we're going to meet a stylish senior now. Dorothy Kwok is with us. Dorothy, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, it's a pleasure to be on your program. 
Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. And I understand that you have made a lot of your own clothes. First, how did you learn to do that? Well, I think it probably began when I was a preschooler and had to go with my mother down to the sweatshops in San Francisco, Chinatown, mm. and learn how to use a pair of scissors to clip off the thread ends of Levi Strauss jeans. And from there, I gradually learned how to use the riveting embossing machines. Maybe I was about eight to uh, put them on the jean pocket edges. Um, And then I graduated to the uh, equipment that uh, did the buttonhole, where the needle goes up up and down very rapidly in a rectangular pattern, and then a, a razor would come out at the very end to slit it open. And in the old days, there's no zippers. It was uh, uh, five or six buttonholes down the fly, and I got two cents for each of those buttonholes I made. Wow. And that, so, and that was probably the beginning of my sewing career. Well, you've said that, that you're not really into fashion in terms of following like Fifth Avenue or Paris Fashion Week. So how would you describe your personal style? And is this experience of learning to, to sew and working in these sweatshops, as you describe them, um, does that inform it? Well, I'm the youngest of four daughters, so you know who got the (laughs) hand-me-downs, and they rarely fit, so I learned to readjust and and, uh, patch up, and through the years, even if I did buy anything, it rarely is uh, to my dimensions, so I always have to hem up or, or whatever. So it was kind of natural to to begin sewing some of my own things of what I like. And uh, especially when we were required to take home economics in, in the eighth grade. So that's when I made my first outfit completely. Um, and from then on, uh, neighbors, uh, mostly female relatives and uh, friends would hand me things, maybe because I have uh, I'm no more than uh, 100 pounds and less than five feet tall now that I've shrunk. So anything that's passed on to me usually needs to be adjusted, but would easily fit too. Well, I understand that you're going to be featured Saturday in a big event called Neon Was Never Brighter, which includes a short film with you in it and a fashion show. What are you planning to wear to that? Probably, uh, not probably, I've decided to wear my favorite formal outfit that I made for a wedding in Hawaii. It's a dark blue and I made a kaftan style in, in which 
the lining shows when it flares out in kind of a blue-white. And the material itself has embossed Chinese characters or symbols. And I picked up the, the white into a piping around the neckline to be more of a Mandarin collar. And uh, so that will be my outfit Saturday. Well, it sounds like, it sounds fabulous. And I, I'm sure you will look incredible in it. The one last thing I wanted to ask you is, I understand that you have a nickname, Polka Dot. Where does Polka Dot come from? Well, when I was 13, I was involved with a youth program that started at Donna Dina Cameron House here in Chinatown. Uh, it has over 150 years of history in providing community service to families, and especially at that time, youth. And there were two Dorothys. Uh, the other one was the secretary to the executive director. And every so often, he would shout out, Dorothy, Dorothy, and I would come running. And he would look at me and say, no, not you. And when that happened uh, several times, he finally said to me, okay, you're polka dot, and she's giant dot. <laughs> and that's how it began uh, to stick uh, through the decades. Well, I love that it's like a pattern. It's a fashion-related nickname. Dorothy Kwok, thanks so much for talking with us. Yeah, by the way, if it does not rain, I, we invite everybody who is interested in Chinatown and interested in reviving its, its community to come and join us between 6 and 10. Dorothy Kwok, a fashionista who is also featured in Chinatown Pretty and this Saturday in uh, Neon Was Never Brighter. We'll have more after the break. We're talking senior fashionistas. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the fashion and street style of senior citizens and why they inspire us with Valerie Liu, co-author of Chinatown Pretty, and Ari Seth Cohen, author and photographer of Advanced Style. And you, our listeners, are with us telling us about the way you experiment with fashion or if there's an older person's style you admire and want to shout out. 866-733-6786 is the number, 866-733-6786. Tell us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum, or you can email us forum at kqed.org. Let me go to Marsha in San Jose. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Mina, and hi to Ari Seth Cohen. And I want to thank him for the book that I treasure, which he signed for me. And he wrote, your mother is absolutely gorgeous. So your mother was, was featured by Ari? <laughs> well, not in the book, but he came to the retirement community where she and her friends lived, 
and uh, they they took photographs and they um, they were fashion models for a day. It was it was a lovely celebration oh. of of them and their lives. Yeah. Well, Mar- Marcia, thanks for sharing that. Um, and, you, and, yeah, Ari Seth Cohen, if you have a reaction to what Marcia's saying there. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so happy that you liked the book and your. It was lovely to meet your beautiful mom. Ari, what? <laughs> Thank you. What Thank you. That was that was February 2013, and I saved it along with the little uh, flyer that was with that uh, announced the the the. Um, the like fashion show, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> well, Marcia, thanks. Ari, you you did visit a lot of senior centers. You've really looked for these stylish seniors out there. And along the way, I'm curious what you have noticed in terms of the differences in the way older people tend to view fashion versus younger people. Well, I think that first of all, we can discover our style at any age. And like the women that I photograph all give us hope that we can, you know, become ourselves. And that's what I love about the women is that they're really expressing something that's unique unto themselves. And they're not paying attention to trends. Right now, sustainability is a huge thing in fashion, but these women have been shopping at thrift stores, shopping in vintage, upcycling, changing their wardrobe, collecting things and mixing and matching for so many years. And I think that there's a confidence and um, a power that they present in terms of the way they go out in the world that as a younger person, we're still learning and discovering. And so older people have always been my role model and have allowed me to feel more comfortable in myself by seeing how they've gone on these journeys to you know, reaching a certain age and feeling like they really know themselves and really know how they want to express themselves in the world. And so, yeah, I think it's just that they don't really pay attention as much to trends. They're the ones who have set the trends and continue to uh, do that for us. Well, let me go to Martha in Santa Barbara. Hi, Martha. Hi. Hi. Well, I have something that I treasure. I'm 75 years old, top of the baby boom, went to Berkeley, was a hippie, bought a pair of the clogs, the real clogs, Dr. Scholl's wood clogs, mm-hmm. took them to Europe, went through India with those clogs. To this day, I have two pairs of original Dr. Scholl's wood clogs. I have one pair on right now. I wear them in the house. I'm an exercise person. I wear, as you're talking about, a lot of exercise clothes. And interestingly, those shoes are precious to me. I will kill if anyone touches those (laughs) shoes because I put my feet in them and they correct my knees, my legs. If, you know, I've been wearing higher heels or something, I go right to them when I get home. They are the most wonderful. And you cannot find them today. They're gone. They they have phonies, you know, faux but they're not the same thing. These were the original wood, and I've had these resold 20 times. Wow. Well, I'm so glad to hear you have something that has worked for you for so long and that you clearly love. Valerie, it's just oh, mind- yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, pres- they're priceless to me, and you can't buy them. I mean, you can't find them. You know, you can't find the originals because they were special. The soul is wonderful. 
Wow. Well, well, Valerie, listening to Martha, I'm thinking about um, what you were saying in terms of also the practicality and um, the usefulness of what we have driving also our choices. And then Martha's also talking about something being really one of a kind. And I, I do have to know if there is a particularly memorable outfit or something that you've seen recently that you've been like, oh, yeah, that that is a perfect um, perfect representation of senior style. Um, bucket hats. So, um, <laughs> Chinatown seniors are out and about every day. I think what we celebrate in our book is the resilience and how people live like the ultimate urban lives. Like they are getting fresh groceries. They are hauling up hills faster than I can and they're prepared for it. So bucket hats are kind of the hat of choice. And Often I'm catcalling and saying moho lang, which means like, dang, your hat looks really cool. And what um, kind of I reaction do you get when you do that? Uh, I think like, no, no, no. But then sometimes they, they really appreciate it and I get the widest smile. When you approach Chinatown seniors, you said more times than not, they were unwilling to be photographed or, or to chat. What, was some of the, what were some of those experiences? What would they say as to why they didn't really want to engage about it? I think the seniors don't necessarily think of themselves as stylish, even though there's there's no question, you know, there's an art form, there's a story within their outfit. Um, so 90% of the time, people will say no, they'll kind of put their hand up and say thank you, which means no. Um, but we are so fortunate for the 10% that took the time to share their stories and their lives with us. And well, I hope they left feeling a little, you know, a little more appreciated and seen. I love what that means is that your your book really documents just a fraction of the amazing looks that you encountered then so there's a lot out there it sounds like a lot of fashionable misconnections out there but it also makes so much sense ari i think because so many times the most fashionable don't really follow fashion right yeah and like valerie i've had the same experience where i'm chasing people on the upper west side or upper east side and they say no 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 but uh, yeah, because for, for them, it's just really how it's like an art form and it's how they put themselves together every day. And so, you know, they might not think they're special, but to someone like me, they're a jewel or a treasure. And each interaction, I think Valerie will agree, like bring something to our lives. And that's what I love about Valerie's project and, and advanced style is it creates connections. And I think style can do that. It opens up conversation and makes people feel visible who otherwise might not feel visible. Well, Thomas writes, I love elderly people watching, especially in Europe. They have a keen sense of how to pair clothing and accessories, always with a great hat, scarf, gloves, or shiny shoes, looking their best to be in public. Some of my best travel photography is of people who are over 75 years young. Thomas's comment is reminding me of a story that I did at an adult day center in San Francisco. And I remember walking in and immediately feeling underdressed and realizing how, how cool it was to really look like you're going to the opera basically everywhere you go. <laughs> and why not, right? Um, but Ari, you've traveled around a lot to take uh, to find senior fashionistas. Were there any places that really stood out to you as as having a really fashionable or keen sense of style? Well, I think it's about keeping our eyes open because there's not one particular city. Like, I feel like everywhere I go, my grandmother is sending me people from above. And I, I tend to meet like really incredible older people in, in every city. But 
I, you know, New York is where the project started and I have a whole gang of amazing women there, but Rome is always wonderful, you know, it's always great to go to a small town and find the diamonds in the rough and, you know, people who really want to create communities. Um, Instagram has helped a lot. A lot of the women that I photographed have now become kind of stars on Instagram and are in campaigns and really inspiring other people to dress up and feel good about themselves. And I'm about to photograph today a 95 year old lady who's her name, Lady Jane Davis on Instagram, who's getting a second chance at being a model at 95. So, um, you know, it's never too late to kind of discover your dreams. And yeah, it, I think it's everywhere. I think it's just about what Valerie and I are doing is telling stories and people's clothing tell stories. And that happens in every city. And there's many ways to stay vital and vibrant. And dressing is just one of those things. Do you photograph or interview men, Ari? I do. Yeah. In my second book, uh, Advanced Style, Older and Wiser, uh, men kept on asking me at book signings, like, how, how about us? Why aren't you including <laughs> us? But I, and so I did include men in that book. And I am inspired by the style of older men. But for me, it was really important to focus on women, not only because of my relationship with my grandmother, but I felt like the media and society as a whole treated women way, there was like a discrepancy on how women were treated and based on, on aging and made to feel bad about getting older. Whereas men sometimes were given a pass and like even praise for being like, a, you know, what gray fox or whatever the terms are, where women are made to feel bad about aging. And so I really wanted to focus on women and kind of show that no matter what you age, age you are, you, you still have so much to say, so much to express. And I don't need to say it. They, they say it for us. Valerie, I love the point that Ari was making about paying attention. It echoes things that you have said as well about how you really start to see these things if you're willing to pay attention. Yeah, it, I mean, a great example is my step-grandmother, Anna Lee, who's been, uh, featured in the Vancouver chapter. And she wore clothes that she had, you know, tailor-made for her 30 years, of, 30 years ago in Hong Kong. And it's a testament to how quality can stand the test of time. And since she's passed away a few years ago, I've inherited her closet and she stays with me in that way. Um, my stepdad said, you know, before this project, I never noticed that my mom was so stylish. And we've heard that reaction from many grandkids, many kids that we, we meet on the street. And um, it's a way of honoring the people that are with us and who are no longer with us. And, and it gets into a little bit of what you were saying earlier, Ari, about the invisibility sometimes or the way that we treat in society the elderly as invisible. Um, paying attention really does help us notice them. Ari Seth Cohen is author and photographer of Advanced Style. Valerie Liu is co-author of Chinatown Pretty, Fashion and Wisdom from Chinatown's Most Stylish Seniors. And you, our listeners, are with us sharing your reflections. Nazario writes, my middle school teacher, now mentor, friend, and mom, wore the best clothes. She was of the punk rock era in the Fillmore in San Francisco. Freda's signature wears were steel-toed boots, a cherry dress, leather jacket, belt with studs, bright red lipstick, and a giant schnauzer <laughs> with matching red toenail paint. Her comfortable counterculture made education so much fun. Let me go to Anna in Berkeley. Hi, Anna. Oh, hi. Hi, what would you like to share? Well, I'm 66 and I've been wanting to model, even though I have no experience in modeling, because when I was 12, I really admired Twiggy, but 
because I'm Mexican. I mean, she was tall and blue eyed. And I mean, some Mexicans are tall, but I'm only five, two, maybe now five, one and a half at 66. And my mother used to model in El Paso for my sister's boutique because she had white hair, my mom, and she just loved modeling. But I'm one of six girls and, you know, my mother overshadowed us. But now that I'm 66 and retired, I collect vintage. I have some of my mother's sweaters from the 60s that are gorgeous. I try to sell a few things on Etsy, but I'm pretty petite, so it's kind of hard to sell them. And I love seeing how mannequins now are different sizes. And, mm. and in, even in anthropology, everybody's different sizes and, and diverse, but I don't see older models. And at 66, I go, well, I would just love to just wear some of my mother's fashions she collected so many things. She shopped in the popular in El Paso that was like, oh, just wonderful, always on sale, of course. And she just like would make her own things. So I really respect the writers and the photographers that, that are on the air today. I am like shaking of excitement. I just <laughs> think this is such a wonderful thing. But I really want to see older models <laughs> uh, you know, uh, visible out there. So I wanted to share that uh, oh. with you. Well, Anna, I'm with you, and I'm curious, Ari, if you have seen any movement in that direction. Yeah, first of all, I want to say that one of my best friends, Irene Coyazzo, who's also one of my muses, just modeled in Harper's Bazaar in her 70s, and she is a Mexican woman, and she is absolutely stunning, and just one of the most wonderful people I know. And then other women who I photographed are now having like burgeoning modeling careers, and I think a lot of it has to do with social media, blogging and Instagram. And so I have seen a movement towards embracing older models. And I think there's so much work that still needs to be done. But if you look around um, at campaigns, I think that older people used to be featured in commercials for medications and things that were sort of condescending and things that weren't really expressing the spirit of, of aging. And now I am seeing brands kind of embracing older people and articles being written about older people. And, you know, like I said, all these style stars on Instagram, but there is so much more that we can do. And so just get out in the world, put on your favorite clothes and be visible. I mean, Anna, do, you can help us. <laughs> Well, Anna, thanks so much for the call. Uh, Juliet writes, my neighbor died last year at 101. My 19 and 21 year old daughters and I were fortunate to be the beneficiaries of some of her amazing clothes. She was a salesperson at Saks for many decades and had amazing style. In fact, I'm wearing two of her items today. And Carolyn writes, I volunteer once a week at the Jewish home in San Francisco. The residents have amazing style. I'm 52 and they always make me want to up my game. The most stylish to me is a wonderful woman who just turned 93. She always has an incredible understated yet modern flair. And Nicole writes, I grew up in Hong Kong and I always marveled at the fashion of modern Chinese ladies of all ages. Many in Hong Kong were from Shanghai, which was famous for its fashions that were featured on billboards and on many products, especially mooncake tins. I so appreciate our elderly Chinatown fashionistas. I wouldn't mind knowing what specific fabric stores might be popular with them. Ooh, Valerie, do you have any insight? <laughs> I do not have any insight. Um, if anyone knows, please let me know. <laughs> well, tell us also if there are other places that you go, other resources for people to get inspired by seeing seniors in their um, in their clothing, in their styles. Uh, I I heard Ari mention Instagram. Wondering if you have a, a resource or recommendation besides Chinatown Pretty, of course, that you can tell people about. 
I think just being out in the world. Um, one thing we hope that people take away from our project is to just notice the people around them and tell a grandma or grandpa they look good today. Um, a lot of people are wearing things that uh, they've had for decades combined with things they got gifted, like a high school musical backpack and really cool Nikes where I don't even know where they sourced it. Um, so I think it's the patchwork of you know, wearing what you have combined with things that are gifted to you, things that have meaning to you that um, really makes for a creative style. What about you, Ari? Any uh, That was great, Valerie. And curious if there are resources besides your blog that you can turn uh, people to to look at seniors, um, their, their style, their attitudes, <laughs> which sounds like it's a big part of it, too. Well, now that the world's opening up a little bit, you know, I always go to like concert venues and I stand outside the opera or Lincoln Center or, you know, like if you live in a town that has a town square where people tend to congregate and like like Valerie said, it's just about keeping our eyes open yeah. and, uh, you know, but then get get Chinatown pretty. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, I have three books and I have a documentary about senior style. So and there's so many other photographers who are now photographing older people and yes. start, start your own Instagram. Well, let me see if I can quickly squeeze Joe in here for 10 seconds. Joe from Fremont, what do you want to say? Yes, you know, um, I grew up in the 70s, you know, high school in the 70s, and we were very enamored with, with, with this Hollywood, Fred Astaire, Humphrey Bogart type look, you know, and we, we, we were able to get these clothes at, at, at the Goodwill, the Salvation Army, a, a, a suit from the 30s and 40s. For less than five dollars, and you know, and our our moms would tailor the clothes to fit us. You know, um, all our moms were like seamstress. You know, that was just that was just the norm for Filipino ladies. And we well, would go to school, go to school looking like little little you know uh, little gangsters. You know, from the thirties. <laughs> well, I love it, and what a great tip to remember thrifting for that too. Well, Joe, Ari, Seth Cohen, and Valerie Lou, thanks so much for joining us and sharing sharing your tips and sharing the beauty of senior fashionistas. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.